pray that you would open this word to up, up to us now in the power of your Holy Spirit, that we not only would read it, but that it would be shaping and transforming our life. And I pray, Father God, that your Holy Spirit would rest on me right now to bring your word to your people boldly and faithfully. And we thank you and praise you and we honor you just for the privilege of being able to come aside today and worship you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Paul here is, is writing, and if you remember what was happening, he was wanting to come and visit the Thessalonians. He was really concerned about them, uh, concerned about uh, how, they, the, how their faith was doing. And so uh, he wanted to come and visit, but he was hindered by Satan. He couldn't quite get there. So he sends Timothy to go because he's really concerned about them, hoping that they don't fall away because he's suffering a lot. That is Paul. And uh, even in those days, if you're suffering and going through difficulties, people said, well, maybe you weren't being blessed by God. You know, there was that expectation that if you're really following God, nothing bad or nothing difficult is going to happen to you. Uh, and so they're dealing with all of that and, and wrestling with all of that. But so Paul sends Timothy to find out, and Timothy comes back, and uh, that's where we pick up in verse 6. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. One of the big challenges I think that a lot of people face today is the challenge to say no. Because we know instinctively that as soon as we say uh, no, or as soon as we say yes to one thing, we're saying no to a lot of other things. And so people are really struggling uh, to, to make a decision, to make a commitment. I know a lot of people who have struggled on, on choosing a, a partner, a, a life partner, and, and getting married because they think, well, you know, what happens if I, if I ask this person to marry me, if I ask this person to do this, uh, to, to be my wife, then what happens if somebody better comes along? Or the same way, I know a, a, lot, of, a lot of young women who've had the same kind of approach. They say, well, you know, I like this guy, but he smells a little bit, uh, and he doesn't really have the job that I want uh, my husband to have, and so... Man, I don't know if I can make a lifetime commitment to this person. I don't know what that's going to be like. And, and so they struggle to say yes because they know as soon as I say yes, I start saying no 
to everything else around me. Or people start to say, well, can I really say no to this request because I don't really want to do it. I I don't think that it's what I should do, but as soon as I say no to it, then maybe it's going to turn out to be really good. Maybe it's going to turn out to be really great. And so I don't really know how to navigate all these things. And then you add on top of that the fact that for most of us, we we are just a mess of conflicting desires. Now, we want to do a good job, but also we want to find a better job. We want to be a, a, a settled person in our community, but maybe we want to have a better house or a better community. We like our church and we kind of want to commit to it, but then at the same time, we really would like to find a better church. And, and so all these desires are going around inside of us uh, and all this, this tension about what to say yes to and what to say no to, and especially in this day when we have an overabundance of opportunities and an overabundance of options, how do we navigate all of this? How do we find what is right? How do we find what is good? How do we resist the temptations that will draw us away? And how do we know the right decisions to make? And I think really the key here is something that Paul talks about in the latter part of this passage that we read today. He is praying for the Thessalonians so that their hearts may be established blameless in holiness. Their hearts might be established blameless in holiness. Jesus told us that out of the overflow of our hearts, the mouth speaks. And that all of our desires, everything that we have, are emanating from our hearts, emanating from deep down inside of us. We, we talk about that today. We talk about following our heart, doing what our heart wants to do. And the challenge is, if our hearts are not really established blameless in holiness, then it's going to be difficult to decide what's going on there. Now, what does it mean to be blameless in holiness? Blameless, the idea is that our hearts are not wanting to do things that are wrong. That our hearts would be established so that they're not desiring wrong things. And many of the things that we face just, quite frankly, are wrong. So, for example, if you're married and you're working closely with somebody at work of the opposite sex, and your heart just kind of feels drawn toward that person, you know, maybe this is the person I should connect to even though I have a spouse at home. Obviously, there's something wrong there. Your heart's not blameless. Your heart's being sinful in that moment. And so part of this blameless and holiness is knowing that our hearts are not leading us astray. Our hearts are not desiring that which are contrary to the word of God and the ways of God. And blameless in holiness, the idea of holiness is not perfection. We tend to think of holiness in the sense of, I'm not gonna do bad things. I wanna do all the right things, but not any of the wrong things. And if I do the right things and not the wrong things, then I'm holy. But that's not what it's about at all. Holiness is about being consecrated for a special purpose. My wife, for example, is a holy woman because she's my wife. She's set apart just for me. I'm a holy man because I'm set apart just for her. And the idea of holiness biblically is that we would be set apart for God's purposes. So not only do we want to be blameless, 
but we want to be blameless in a way where we are set apart for the purposes of God so that we are doing what God wants us to do. We are following his desires and his ways with the realization that as we follow God and his desires and his ways, it doesn't mean that we're not going to be the people that we want to be. It doesn't mean that we're not really going to be fulfilled as individuals, but it does mean that that is the path to the deepest fulfillment, that is the path to the way where we will experience the fullness of our humanity in union with Christ Jesus. So our hearts need to be established, blameless in holiness, that is, not wanting to sin and wanting to do the things of God, and that is the foundation for us to navigate all these desires and all these options and, and all these competing possibilities that are in our life. So the question is, how do we get there? How do we get there? Foundationally, for Paul, we must be established in the faith. You cannot hope to have your heart established blameless in holiness unless you are established in, in your faith. That's what he was going to the Thessalonians to find out. Are they really grounded? Are they really established? And he discovered through Timothy that they had a solid faith in Jesus Christ. They knew that Jesus died on the cross for them. They knew that Jesus rose bodily from the dead. They were following Jesus, choosing to be his disciples, his followers, even though they were going through difficult times, even though they were going through afflictions. So they were established, they were grounded, they were solid in their faith. And that's the foundation. If you don't have that foundation in your faith, if you don't know who you are in Christ, if you don't know what Jesus has done for you, then it's impossible for your heart to be established blameless in holiness, and it's really impossible for you to navigate all these competing desires. So having yourself established in your Christian faith is absolutely essential. But from there... For Paul, it seems, it was a matter of prayer. So Paul, knowing that their hearts were established in the faith, he was uh, knowing that they were established in their faith, he was praying that their hearts would be established blameless in holiness. And how were they going to get to the place of being established in the faith, to the place of being established in holiness? And he prays three things for them. First of all, he prays that God would make them increase. The idea of increase here, that same kind of concept as a, a river flooding out. And so the first prayer is that God would help them to increase. How would they increase? They would increase in doing good. They would increase in using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They would increase in sharing their faith. They would increase in serving others. They would increase in doing the kinds of things that God wanted them to do. One of the things we know that many times our hearts will follow what we choose to do. And actually, as we choose to engage in the things of God, and this is not only in a church on Sunday or in our house, but actually even at work, you know, as, as we work to our best, 100% committed to Jesus Christ, we're doing the things of God. Your work is not alien to your life in Jesus Christ. Your work is an essential part of your life in Jesus Christ. 
And so Paul says, I'm praying that God will make you increase in all this good that you're doing, in all your work, in all your effectiveness. We need to increase. And God will do this, but we also need to choose to cooperate with the Lord. We need to be looking for those opportunities that God gives us to increase. And then he prays a second thing for the people that was essential to move from the place where they were established in the faith to the place where their hearts were established blameless in holiness. And the second was that they would abound in love for one another. Abound in love for one another. Love, remember, is not a feeling. It's not an emotional engagement. It's not an emotional attachment. Love in this context is the zealous self-giving of yourself, the zealous giving of yourself to others for their benefit. When we love, we are making a commitment to other people to work for their benefit. And that's how we show love. Whether it's in a marriage, whether it's at work, or whether it's amongst other Christians, and that's the context that Paul is talking about. He wants them to abound in love for one another. And that is absolutely fundamental. If we don't love one another, we can't possibly love people outside the church. And John tells us if we don't love one another, we can't possibly say that we love God. Because the person who doesn't love their brother or sister that they have seen cannot possibly love the God that they have not seen. And so we can abound in seeking the good of other people around us. And that's what love is all about. When we gather together in church on a Sunday, our goal is to seek the good of the people that we're gathering with. So many times in our culture today, people go to church for the good that they will receive. They say, well, I go to this church because it feeds me. I, I go to this church because they have great worship. I go to the church because they have a great children's ministry. But that's not the heart of these things. We don't go to church just for what we get. The primary call to go to church is for what we give, that we might abound in love for one another. And then the final part of then making that transition from being established in our faith to having our hearts established blameless in holiness so that we can navigate all these decisions that we have to make is also abounding in love for everyone. In a sense, Church is just practice for loving everybody that we encounter, for seeking the good, actively looking for, seeking to promote the good for other human beings outside the church. And that's our call. And so that's why God often puts us in church with people that we don't like and we're not comfortable with and we have to struggle with a little bit because it's refining us and it's giving us real practice to love those people at work who not only might we struggle with and, and have a difficult time with, but also who happen not to be Christian, so they can be rather unpleasant many times. So we abound in love for all. So we're praying that God would make us increase, that God would make us abound in love for one another, and that God would make us abound in love for all, because as we are abounding in these things, as we're increasing in the things that we do, as we're increasing in the love we share with one another, as we're increasing with the love that we show people around us, 
That is a key for us to get to the place where our hearts are established blameless in holiness so that we can really make the best decisions that we have and so that we can really follow Jesus Christ. So maybe that will be the prayer that we can all pray now, that Lord, please, let us increase. Let us abound in love for one another and abound in love for all so that our hearts might be established blameless in holiness and that we can make wise choices that please you and bring us into the fulfillment of your purposes for our lives and the advancement of your kingdom. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. I pray, Lord, that you would help us by your grace to have our hearts established blameless in love so that we might follow you all the days of our lives, so that we might make good decisions, so we might know how to say yes and know how to say no in wise ways, so that in all things we might bring glory and honor to Jesus as we experience the fulfillment and the fullness of all that you have for us in Jesus. We pray all this in his name. Amen.